I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio. And this is Collateral Gaming the Holiday Special. Da da da! Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry, Happy, whatever you celebrate. <laughs> and welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting across the United States, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Yes, sir. And Zach, so nice to have you on this episode. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Megan this time, and I and I feel bad because Megan and Alan really wanted to be on this episode. I think we'll make it up to them with a bonus round whenever the uh, Ragnarok New Game Plus comes out or something. But I think it's oh kind of cool. I had Megan on part one, and I get G1 part two. So yeah, it's kind of like a a change in perspective because I actually had not even gotten the game when y'all did part one. Uh, and then I bought a PS5 and Ragnarok and beat it in time for part two. So here we are. <laughs> I know, man. Hustle. I mean, you beat it before Megan did. So that respect. game is in. I could not stop. You bet. When, you, you beat it before I did. Actually, <laughs> I could. I could not stop playing that game. Every like free chance I got, I hopped on and played it. It's one of the best games I've ever played. To be honest, yes, it's sir. really good. It's really good. Yes, sir. But before we get into that, um, it's Christmas Eve as of the time of recording this. How's your holiday season going so far, brother? So far, so good. You know, um, I actually moved out to where my fiance is about five months ago. I guess four or five, whenever, whenever July happened. Um, and I actually haven't been home since. So I'm actually recording from my parents' house out in uh, southeast Georgia. So it's nice to be home. Holidays are always nice and fun here. Uh, so unfortunately I have to go back tomorrow and get ready for work on Monday, but it's been, it's been really nice. And this is actually my last holiday season as a single man. Yeah. Not, not well, not really single. I'm engaged, but next year she and I will be married and we'll be spending the holidays together or at her parents or at my parents. It's just, I'm super excited for that, but it's kind of one door closing and another one opening type thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, I am so excited for you and Danielle. Can't wait to uh, to go to your wedding and just, ah, uh, man, it's, it's been a beautiful love story. Oh, oh, dude, I know. And I'm in it, so I'm having the best time. <laughs> Hell yes. So, yeah, I bet you're uh, looking forward to celebrating Christmas with Danielle, with the family. Oh, yeah. Hell yes, brother. And I'm excited to celebrate Christmas with my with my little one. Uh, I've got Hazel. Actually, I got her some video games this year. I think she's old enough to do video games. So <laughs> She's old enough to follow in Dad's footsteps. Yeah, I got her a My we, Little Pony. We like pony. to hear it. <laughs> I got her a, a My Little Pony game and a Peppa Pig game. So there you go. Oh, dude, not the Peppa Pig. Okay, so hold <laughs> up. Hold up. Okay, so what console is this? Uh, so the Peppa Pig game is on the Switch. Uh, and her, okay. mo- her mom has a Switch, and I have one as well. Uh, and then the uh, My Little Pony game I actually got on Steam, and I gifted it to uh, my brother's account. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, God, that makes me think of that show, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. So I think this is the next, the next generation uh, from the Friendship is Magic era. I don't know a lot about it. I wasn't a brony. <laughs> me either okay i'm glad. Not making fun of those of you guys who were that just wasn't my thing it was know? cringe sorry not sorry 
We're going to lose a lot of listeners, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe like two. You're right. Alrighty. Well, I say let's go ahead and let's get into Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, dude. Come on. I've been dying for this conversation. So, Plus, there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So I, I'm kind of excited to get into it a little bit. All right. So part one was our spoiler-free review. That was our game launch edition. And uh, so we didn't get we, we tried to avoid talking about things that happen in the story. We avoided talking about certain weapons and characters that you play as. On this part of the episode, uh, we can get completely into it. Anything and everything is on the table. So first off, Zach, what are your overall impressions of God of War Ragnarok? Well, uh... I played the 2018 God of War. That was actually the first God of War title I had ever played, so I was kind of a bandwagon onto it, but I love Santa Monica, so I was going to test it out. I had such high expectations going into this game, and I was not disappointed. Literally, the game takes the fuck off within the first, like, ten minutes. Yes. It just it skyrockets right into the storyline, because Freya's still pissed. Even four years later, she's like, you killed my son. It's game on, so... It just the way the game starts is just so it's emotional at first and it's heartwarming and soft but also kind of sad and and then you start heading home and you get attacked by Freya it's just it's intense and it holds on to that same level of intensity the entire game yeah. the story is fantastic and it starts literally it starts close to where you left off. There's kind of not really been much in between just Atreus's growth and training and all that stuff. But I loved the game. I had an absolute blast and I just I can't wait to see where they go from here. I I know that they're I know this is probably the end of the Norse saga of things, but they're gonna continue the story somehow. Yeah. We just probably won't find out till twenty twenty six. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. I imagine they'll be taking kind of a break. Uh, hopefully oh, yeah. not as long as we waited between the Greek and Norse eras, but uh, I also expect the next game might actually be quite a bit different uh, in terms of tone and or gameplay, and I'm excited. So originally, the Norse saga was going to be a trilogy, but during development of Ragnarok, Santa Monica Studio actually decided to go ahead and just make it one game. They didn't want to have to make players have to wait five more years to finish the story. And I think while playing it, you can kind of see where they would have cut it off at. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm actually glad that they decided to just go ahead and finish off and conclude this part of the story. I, I honestly, yeah, yeah. Be- because to be honest, Ragnarok was a bit longer than the 2018 installment, but it wasn't too much longer. No, and if they had cut it off where we thought that they were going to cut it off, it would have made for a very short and very underwhelming experience for that long of a wait. And I'm glad that they just went ahead and finished it because the whole ride was incredible. I mean, you knew the game was going to be good as soon as you started fighting Thor. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I mean, yeah, just starting off that way. And it actually kind of picks up right where 2018 left off. So yep. if you got this, the the true ending or secret ending for God of War 2018, after you go to Jotunheim, you go back to your home. And uh, you, you know, Atreus or, or Kratos kind of has a – I think it's Atreus has kind of a, uh, a, a prophetic vision. Because you actually see the characters uh, still of making still still in their 2018 appearances, uh, and it, you have the exact scene that later happens in Ragnarok with Thor showing up at their door. Looks like he's ready to fight, uh, but then uh, he and Odin come and sit down and and try to have a talk. And at first, I think I mentioned this in part one. I was kind of uh, I liked what Odin was saying. I was like, yeah, peace. That sounds good, right? Yeah, and it's coming from Odin. 
but it's coming from Odin. And you got to hear all of the shit about Odin in the last game. And what's crazy is that his portrayal in this game kind of subverts your expectations somewhat. And you oh, think, yeah. yeah, this I is the greasy expect- bastard. <laughs> I did not expect him to be a character from Seinfeld, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like soft spoken and you almost want to trust him. And then it kind of starts clicking into place because in order for Odin to fuck over as many people as he did, he had to gain their trust. Oh, yeah, dude. How, how about peace? How does peace strike the esteemed, retired god of war? How about we just don't kill each other? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, the characters so are so good. So, so well good. acted. Uh, obviously, Christopher Judge, Sonny uh, Selegic, knock it out of the park. Um, but also Ryan Hurst and uh, the voice actor for Odin. What's his name? Richard Schiff. Okay. Richard Schiff uh, voices God of War Ragnarok. And honestly... He had no business being that damn good. <laughs> he had no business being that good. Seriously. <laughs> Honestly, when he when you first open the door and you see him, he is very, very intimidating. He's just kind of pissed with his eye patch, and he just sticks his arms out, and the ravens come and become the tattoos, and you're like, oh, this is the Allfather. Oh, shit. <laughs> and also, can we talk for a second about how massive Thor is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's huge, bro. He's huge. Yeah. Yeah, no, like that dude could tank. And also, he has, I think, one of the best character arcs in the game. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I really it, grew to love him. I had a lot of respect for the fact that he still, despite everything, did not kill Atreus. I mean, he was going to kill him, and Atreus used Sindri's spell to get out of there at the last second, which was really good timing and extremely intense, but Thor did a really good job just kind of holding himself back. Yeah. I think so. You know, and then there, there's hints of that throughout the narrative is that, you know, like Atreus kind of starts to get to understand him and his daughter, Throod. And, you know, you kind of see this relationship between uh, Thor, his wife, Sif, and, and his daughter, Throod, and uh, the holes left behind by their sons, Magni and, and Modi, who you had to kill in the last game. Yeah. And, and I, okay, so when Thor attacks Kratos, he attacks them at first because Kratos owes him a blood debt, you know, he killed his he killed his brother Balder, he killed his sons Magni and Modi. But I don't think Thor gave in the beginning it seemed like Thor really didn't give two shits about those guys. He really just wanted to see Kratos go all out. He wanted to see the God of War. He's like, I could get a hot shit about your fatherly advice. I want to see the God of War. Yes. And at the very end, when you're about to finish the fight, Thor's like, I see why my boys fell to you. Even this lesser version of you, but I am not my sons and your boy. And when, when Thor says, and your boy, you can see the heat rise up in Kratos. Yep. Like that, that, that anger is, that rage is about to come out of him. He gets and your serious. Boy, all father has plans for him. And Kratos just grabs him, headbutts him and punches him in the face with all the rage from Sparta. And Thor pulls a tooth out and he's like, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> consider your blood debt paid be seeing you and takes off i thought that thor wanted to kill him but he really just wanted to see what all what all you got but that honestly man that fight with thor is probably one of the best fights in video game history i i have never now granted all of the fights in the game were good in my opinion some of the boss fights were not as fun as some of the 2018 fights but overall i thought the game itself was better the story was better the areas were better 
I mean, the boss fights definitely were a lot. There was a lot more uh, variety. It wasn't just absolutely you know, fifty trolls. <laughs> yep, you're right. And I, I kind of missed the mists of Niflheim. I really, yeah. really enjoyed that in God of War 2018. But I do like the training area in Niflheim. Um, and I also, I really enjoyed what they did with Muspelheim this time. Yeah. There were still challenges, but it was kind of more. It, w- it wasn't necessarily a gauntlet to get to the Valkyrie at the end. It was like selective challenges followed yeah. by an even more insane challenge. Yeah, so. and I like how the Muspelheim challenges, after you complete the initial set, you actually get, uh, I think, like six more challenges just by playing the 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 swords in uh, different orders. Yep, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. I actually and- really, really enjoyed the way that they did the Muspelheim because they had to do something kind of different. Uh, and, and, and I appreciate what they did with it, uh, back on what you were talking about Thor. Cause I, I, I thought about something and, and I noticed that there were a lot of parallels with the Balder fight, mm-hmm. but I think the Thor fight was better. <laughs> yep. I think the Thor fight was a much more generous, uh, I wouldn't call it an opening fight because the opening fight is where you're, uh, you're looking for Atreus and you get attacked by the bear but then after you subdue the bear, you realize that Atreus is the bear. Is the Because bear. his anger and his sadness over the loss of Fenrir caused him to shapeshift into a bear. A freaking bear. I thought that the fight with the bear was intense. And also, I started another playthrough, Ash, on Give Me God of War. Bro, that fight with that bear lasted like, fi- like ten minutes. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I was like, I can't dodge for this long. My fingers hurt. Is this is this the guy that said that he beat Sigrun on Give Me God of War? Okay, Ash, that was 2018, Zach. <laughs> he was always tired from college, okay? Fair enough. But yes, I did defeat Sigrun on Give Me God of War, and that fight lasts like 25 minutes. I haven't even beat her on the regular difficulty, truth be told. Bro, uh, you gotta I have, change that. I do, that I up. do. Yeah, I need to actually 100% uh, God of War 2018, and I need 100% this game. So actually, as I was playing the game, I was kind of 100%ing as I went along. I was clearing out each of the realms, uh, each of yeah. the regions within the realms of everything that I could do. And if something wasn't und- was undiscovered, then I would come back to it. Uh, if there was an enemy, like from a Berserker fight or a Realm Tear that was just too difficult, I would come back to it. But for the most part, I was I was moving along, you know, as I was going along, and then when after the the in the post game they actually open up a lot more to do so i'm i'm kind of finishing up all of that so uh, and yeah. Moose, Moosepelheim was one of the things i didn't do all of the trials beforehand and i didn't finish all of the berserker fights i left those for the post game on purpose cuz uh, i i kind of at, at this point you know we were getting close to the to the uh recording this episode and i was like okay i need to finish the main story well, i need to uh, it's it's better to focus on the main story and then do everything afterwards because that way once you beat the game, you're not left empty-handed, and you have to wait another, yeah, you know, five, four or five years to play the next game. You have post-game content. That's why I never 100% it my first time through. Uh, with God of War 2018, I played it on Give Me Balance, so where I could have like a you know a fair challenge, an okay challenge, but I could That's just what play, I default get to, as, yeah. get as strong as I could um, and play through the game, and then I would wait for the new game plus. And then I would play it on the hardest difficulty and 100% it. And that is the run where I had been playing the game for like, God, I was in my like 70 or 80th hour 
fighting Sigrun on Give Me God of War. I had like all level eight, level nine armor, and I was just. And that fight still lasts twenty minutes, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Sigrun, Sigrun is one of the hardest video game bosses I've ever faced in my entire life. I've and heard. I, I've heard that the Berserker King is harder. The equivalent uh, in this game. He's he's. It's about the same. To okay. Me. It's about the same, but I haven't faced him on Give Me God of War. I've only faced him on uh, Give Me a Challenge, which I think is right underneath it. So I haven't finished all the Berserker fights yet, but so far, yeah, they're about as challenging as the Valkyrie fights were, I would say. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I would have to come back and say, you know, this guy's too high level for me, or there's that one in Alfheim where you have to fight three at the same time, and even though their, their health bars were green, which meant that they were a level lower than mine, it was still a bitch and a half trying to fight all three yep. of them at once, so I had to mm-hmm. kind of come back to it. I just beat that today, finally. Oh, very that, nice. Yeah, yeah, and I have a few more Berserker fights to go. I think the one I'm working on right now is the one in Svartalfheim, uh, and his health bar is still gold, so uh, th- that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Oh, dude, that one's tough. What? What's his name? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know God. any of their names. <laughs> Mamir. Mamir, oh god, I love Mamir so much. He oh. he says their names as soon as the fight starts. Every he does. Time. He's like, oh, this is the this is the <laughs> yeah, a little cruel or whatever. That's how Mamir sounds. <laughs> and I love uh, opening up all of the database entries and like looking up each of the new characters as you mm-hmm. come across them or as you fight them. That's always interesting to me. Sometimes they're written from Mimir's point of view, and sometimes they're written from Kratos' point of view. And I think it's really interesting when you uh, when you view an entry written from Kratos' point of view because you kind of get uh, some more insight into his mind and the way it works and, and some of the emotional character development that he's gone through. Oh, dude, Kratos has come such a long way. Like, in the first game, he was still ruthless. He was still heartbroken over the loss. I mean, he, he's never not been heartbroken over the loss of Faye. But in this game, it has, like, affected his core being. Like, who he is. Like, he loves his son. He is happy and proud to be living with him and training him. And in the first game, he was just cold, calm, collected, and just ready to just get the journey over with so that he could go home. But like ugh, this game is literally the very beginning of the game is so emotional because it starts with him sitting by a campfire holding his dead wife's bag of that they used to spread the ashes. He's mm-hmm. still clutching onto it after all this time, and he's heartbroken. Atreus comes in with a deer, and he's like hungry. And the first time Atreus spoke, I was like, damn, Sonny Soljic, that man hit puberty. His balls hit the underground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that man's that man's voice dropped so hard. Yeah. But, well, and a, uh, about as much time has passed in real life as has passed in game time, too, so it works. I love that, too. I love how they coordinated that. It's beautifully done. Yeah. So it's been three years since the last game. And uh, Thimble Winter has taken its course. All of their equipment, uh, I found it's interesting that they actually even decided to throw that out there and talk about it. But all of their equipment weathered down and and uh, and, and reverted back to uh, a basic state or they had to go back and make new armor and shit. So you kind of start from square one again. You know, you got to upgrade I, that Leviathan Axe and the Blades of Chaos again. I like that too. And to be honest, this is the first video game where you've had an upgrade system, where you've gotten new items or you've upgraded the ones that you have, where they have a legitimate 
explanation that makes sense as to why all of your weapons have reverted back to normal, oh, like their well, original you don't, state. You don't like how Samus back runs into a wall and gets electrocuted, and uh, all of her uh, her power suit items just all disappear. I would rather not ever have you bring that up again, because no, that hurts my heart every single time. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I like how they actually went out of their way to explain that. You know, it was like it's one of those conversations that happen while you're moving around, and like mm-hmm. 2018, there are a lot of those. You know, while you're in the boat, while you're you know doing the the wolf sleigh, or or sometimes just while you're climbing or, or moving between realms, you're having all of these conversations. And in the first game or the last game, I should say. They were focused on world building. They were focused on telling uh, stories from Norse mythology. This time, I think they're more focused on the interpersonal relationships. Which is good. They need to be. They need to have these characters continue to grow. I, I, I don't want them to just be the same every single game. Yeah. I think when it comes to uh, story building, world building, and just overall video game production, I'm gonna. this is going to be a hot take. All right? And I know how much you love hot takes, especially when we're talking about video games. <laughs> but I think Rockstar Games and then Santa Monica are the two greatest video game studios. I think that as far as narrative, direction, and character development, Santa Monica takes the cake. World building, exploration, and finality, Rockstar takes the cake. And I want to see these two studios come together and just create the biggest freaking cyberpunk GTA God of War. Just, <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine if they, they collaborated? Spin? It's like Bethesda's up there with them. Like they make giant beautiful games, but the games don't look that great. People have to like mod them and stuff. And I hopefully I'm dead wrong and that this next Elder Scrolls game is just mind blowing. I hope Starfield is just oh I hope so, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But like Elden Ring, Elden Ring won Game of the Year, and that's great because it's a massive game. Massive game, hundreds of hours of exploration. But what's the fucking story? Where's the – it's kind of there, but it's not – You have to – It's broken. All the lore is like spread out throughout the world, Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to gather it in Elden Ring. God of War is more of a presentation. A lot of people call it – uh, like like an interactive movie, and I would say that that's half correct because I will say that it 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 does meet some of the like narrative uh, narratively. It's similar to games like The Last of Us, but I think it does focus a little bit more on the gameplay than than games like that do. Because I would say it's it's roughly half and half. It's roughly half it's- really hard, tough combat, and half uh, exploration while the story is is unfolding. running out. The prophecies say Fimblewinter leads to Ragnarok. War is coming. My story doesn't end hiding in these woods. I should be out there, finding out who I am, who Loki is. I will not allow you to pick a fight with God. I don't want to fight anyone. I just want answers. And if those answers lead to war with Asgard, 
Maybe that's what Mother wanted. You do not know what Mother wanted. Well, I'd recognize that dour expression anywhere. Odin's got tricks up his sleeve we haven't dared to consider. What if there was someone who could help us? You mean Tyr, the old god of war in these lands, who is dead? Well, for a dead man, Odin seemed pretty keen on seeing he wasn't found. If he's out there, we gotta find him. Come in! What in all yarns be the happen to him? We're trying to stop Ragnarok, to help people. And what if the only way to do that is war? War is not the only way. Stop thinking like a father for a moment and start thinking like a general! No! You seem like a calm and reasonable person. Are you a calm and reasonable person? Nothing. Harness it. Let it serve you. Tear. Are you coming with us? some of them i was about to say like i think it's the perfect balance i think ragnarok hits the nail on the head i think i think god of war 2018 it had a really really good balance but i wanted a little bit more cinematic god of war ragnarok was perfect yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of linearity and cinematics in the beginning but it's good because it allows you to build up to a point where you can actually handle the exploration and you're seeing growth in both Kratos and Atreus, and I kind of just want to sit back and watch it happen, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it's actually, uh, it's really nice to see where they take these characters, because th- the last game was about Kratos breaking out of his shell and, and, and learning how to bond with the sun while still imparting valuable lessons to him. This game, they've already gone through that journey. It, it really, the focus is more on now that they've built up this bond, they don't want to lose it, and they don't want to lose each other. And it, it, it's to the point where both kind of stumble and, and struggle to find their own way, you know, when the other is not around. And it, it's why they eventually, you know, through the after the mid-game point, have to make that promise to each other. And Helheim, and I love that moment where Atreus mm-hmm. actually spits the words back at Kratos that he told them in the last game. And that's just beautiful. I think that, that, you know, we're just kind of seeing this dynamic where father and son are now learning from each other. They're do becoming not, equals. And they have to learn. Be sorry. Be better. Be better. Yes. Oh, and, and, God. You're about to make me cry, dude. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the whole game. 
Oh, dude, it also, got can me. We talk, can we talk about Kratos smiling at his son yes. as he's feeding the deer at the beginning of the Or not the deer, he's feeding the dogs uh-huh. at the beginning of the game. Dude, that made me weep a little bit. I was like, this is so good. Me and my roommate, Cullen, <laughs> me and him were playing together at the very beginning. He was just kind of sitting back watching as I was playing the beginning of the game. And we were like, dude, this is so good. And we both started crying when Fenrir dies. And we were just like, this fucking sucks, man. Why are <laughs> two grown-ass men playing a video game crying in the living room? <laughs> oh, yeah, God, it was such no, it'll experience. get you. And the ending, too. You know, when uh, Kratos says, uh, Loki must go, but Atreus remains. That got oh. me. I was like, oh. And then the and, big old hug. Big old and, hug. And they really, they really try to make you think that Kratos is gonna die. I mean, that was uh, something that was something left over from the end of the last game, and that's a that's a persistent uh, threat throughout the whole game. Is that you know they're they're kind of setting this up that Kratos is gonna die, you know, and the f- prophecy f- foretells it. And what's funny is that they say that they're gonna break fate, but you know, for through for us most of the game, they seem to follow exactly in the footsteps of what they're supposed to do. So it yeah, makes you think, I you know, for it. I thought he was going to die the whole game, dude. I was like, this is going to suck. I'm going to hate this game. And then it's perfect. And then at the very end of the game, you start rebuilding the world with Freya. And I love that because Freya for the first third of the game was trying to kill you. Yeah. That moment where they work together and so, okay, so it starts off with she attacks them out of nowhere again, this time as a Valkyrie. And you're like, what the fuck? Another Valkyrie? It turns out to be her. And then Kratos actually stops Atreus from killing her in, in his uh, animal state. And I, it gives her a pause to think, you know, hey, maybe I can get something out of this. Maybe he can help me. So Kratos actually helps her willingly, goes to Vanaheim uh, with her and helps her you know, to uh, uh, get Break back her spell. power. Break the able- spell that Odin had on her to right. bind her to Midgard, which was the tree, uh, what was it, the the roots of the Yggdrasil tree. And when you when she tries to break them, the Needhog breaks free and you have to kill the Needhog. Dude, that's, oh God. And that was a hard fight. That's one of that, the hardest fights in the game. That was a difficult fight. But yeah, no, but, but it was a lot of fun. And I just love that moment afterwards where they come to an understanding as parents uh, with a common enemy. And, and they actually form a bond once again. And immediately they actually start to have this camaraderie. And she becomes your companion for a little while until Atreus because, comes back. It's because like when you're exploring, she's still in her falcon form. And you're trying to get to where the source of the magic is. Kratos is telling Freya about his past. Yeah. And about how he was tricked by the gods into killing his wife and daughter. And she's like... I had no idea. That's awful. And she starts realizing why Kratos is the way he is. And then it makes her think about how much progress he has made. And it kind of allows her to lean more onto the fact that Balder was going to kill her. Whether she was his mother or not, he was going to kill her. And Kratos gave him every chance to walk away and still ended up saving her life. And Kratos was like, I do not regret saving your life. I, and I, I will never, I will never regret saving your life. And I would do it again, but I should not have taken that choice away from you. 
Yes. And for that, I am sorry. That this game is just such full of such beautiful moments. And that, that comes just, full circle whenever he gives her the choice whether or not to kill Odin. And actually, all three of them, Kratos, Atreus, and Freya, all of whom have very valid reasons to want Odin dead, actually stop and think, well, we stopped the madness. Does he have to die? And then Sindri comes. Sindri is the one that ends him. Sindri... Oh, God, that whole Brock and Sindri thing, bro. Oh, Brock's death killed me. It did, man. I was so sad. That was that was the last part of, you know, and then where you find out that Odin was teared all along. Did anybody see that coming? I literally had no clue, and it it threw me off. Like, from literally from their his prison in Svartalheim to the very last part where you're about to storm Asgard and and Brock is just pestering Tyr about how he knows how he's got this path to get to Asgard and Odin just gets pissed and he's like do you ever shut up Brock out of everybody he fooled the smartest man alive Mimir but Brock out of everybody there was the one that thought that things weren't adding up and it cost him his life and Oh, it hits the feels because not too long before that, you actually had a really nice character moment between uh, Kratos and Brock, where Kratos asks for his blessing to bless the new weapon, the Dropnir Spear, which we'll talk about. Oh, the Dropnir Spear. Oh, such a good weapon. But that moment really hit me, too, whenever he was like, you know, uh, it needs the blessing of a, of a great blacksmith. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Kratos actually likes him. Well, I think Kratos loved him. I think he considered him a brother. Yes. And to be honest, like, I also loved hearing Kratos call him a mere brother. I really enjoyed that as well. It's just like the, the connections that he's made with all of these people. And when uh, have you done the after the game thing for Brock yet? Yeah, where you attend his funeral. Yeah, oh, dude, the Viking funeral. One best music in the entire game, and it's during the funeral. I wept because of how good the music was. And music right in this be- game. Right before you're supposed to meet them on that island for the funeral, he leans down. He's like, "Brock, I have known many people, but you are one of the few I would consider a friend." I know. And I was just like, damn, Kratos, you got me weeping here, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, Sendry. They just leave that hanging. I mean, he is never going to recover. He is a completely different person. He stopped wearing gloves. Did you notice that? Yeah, because he's all disheveled. At this point, he doesn't care. I think this is going to be another Freya instance where he finds a way to use dwarven magic to come after Atreus or Kratos because he definitely blames them. He blames them for Odin coming into the home. And, like, shout out to the voice actor who, like, voices Sindri because that is some of the most phenomenal voice acting I've ever heard. You really think that that man is broken and just completely shattered. I want to say it was, like, Adam Adam Harrington, yeah. Dude, that man is he deserves an he deserves an award. Everybody in this game deserves an award for their performance. I feel it in my scrot. <laughs> No, okay. Uh, Danielle Bossetti, is that her name? The woman who voices uh, uh, Freya. Freya. Um, her scream at the beginning of the game when Kratos and Atreus gets away is like, Kratos! And it like shakes all of, it shakes the mountains and trees and like starts making everything split and fall apart. Oh my god, blood curdling. Yes, yeah. It's yeah, no, so no. blood curdling. Oh, goodness gracious. 
Okay, so we brought up the spear, right? Yeah, the drop. Machine. How do you how do you feel about it as compared to the other weapons in the game? I love the Blades of Chaos and the Leviathan Axe so much that I actually rarely used the Dropner Spear. However, I did level it up a couple of times, and it got to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a heavy runic attack that's like a rain. It's like a shower of Dropner Spears. Yeah, I have that one too. And I like, I love the puzzles that you can do, like throwing the spears into like the gusts and like using them as actually, actually... I, I've got the PlayStation app on my phone, Ash, and what I'm going to do, I don't know if you've got it, but I'm going to send you a clip. <laughs> All right, so, oh, I, I'm pulling up my app, and I'm seeing that I'm doing another playthrough of Detroit Become Human. That's oh, a, that's a good that's, one. That's a very good game. But I have a clip of using the Dropner Spear and climbing up it and i'm running around with atreus but i timed it perfectly to where the animation for kratos and atreus both jumping on the spear and pulling themselves up they're completely in sync doing it and it's hilarious nice i'll send that, I'll send that clip to you later but um i like the dropner spear i think it's really cool i think it's awesome how you can throw like up to six or seven of them and make them all blow up and do damage you can stick enemies from far away and bang it on the ground to make it explode i think it's a unique weapon an infinite spear. I liked the whole the whole sequence where you find the Lady of the Forge and Brock can't talk to her because he's missing a piece of his soul and that's how he finds out and he's like, I knew it. I died. I and fucking it's died. It's implied that that's actually why he's blue, not the bullshit explanation they gave us in 2018. So, and he immediately figures out and I love how the last thing he tells Sendry is, you know, I knows what you did and I forgives you for it. But you gotta let go. <laughs> oh, dude. That's why you told me that it was gonna break my heart. You told me, you were like, God of War Ragnarok's gonna break your heart. And I was like, well, thanks, Ash. Thanks for that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that moment in particular. Um, and then, you know, Freyr dies at the end, but I think Brock was the one that really got to me because, you know, he was a character from the first game that you really come came to love. You know, uh, all I don't, profanity I don't think, and all. I don't think Freyr's dead. You don't think so? I, I don't think he's dead. You don't see him die. This is true. This is you true. Don't, you don't watch his death. He's Freya, He's Freya's brother. He literally led the elves of Alfheim. He, dude, there's no way that killed him. You don't see his dead body. We don't. He's not dead. I will okay. put Ash. I will put three hundred dollars on it that he's not dead. And if he's if he's dead, I will send you three hundred dollars when the new game comes out. <laughs> All right. Unless somebody confirms that he's dead, I won't send money then because I no, that's not fair. I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all heard it on Collateral Gaming, folks. Fair enough. If, if he's dead, Ash is getting three hundred bucks. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, the 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 drop near spear. Okay, is uh, I can't decide if I like it or the Leviathan axe the best. I. I I, I love the Blades of Chaos, don't get me wrong. I just if, if I had to pick a favorite weapon, I like the ranged weapons. and uh, But but I had a, I have a hard time picking between the axe, which, you know, some comes back to you like Mjolnir, and the spear that infinitely reproduces. Uh, they're, they're both just a lot of fun. And I, and I love how the, the spear was brought into the gameplay. And uh, so you have this whole other style, and you have different weapons for different situations. I found myself using all of them in all the boss fights. You know, I would just yep. kind of wait for my uh, runic attacks to, to cool down and it would be whichever weapon has some runic attacks or had a clear advantage in that Same. fight. 
<laughs> same, literally the exact same. I would shower enemies with nothing but runic attacks, just to, especially in the uh, uh, the berserker fights. Yeah, I'm a runic guy. That's why the uh, the fallen stars armor actually. Uh, for so for most of the game, I actually used the lunda armor. I liked how it would poison enemies, which lowers their level, which was really useful for tough fights. But then once I got the fallen stars armor, which uh, uh, helps mitigate damage while you're using runic attacks, I started going for that. Uh, the fate breaker armor at the end is cool too. As, as soon as they gave that to me, I had to use it, and yeah. it has some uh, some benefits with using rage and whatnot. Uh, I like how Spartan Rage now has three different types. So you have yeah. the fury, the fury from the last game, which works exactly like it did then. Do you have Valor, which just allows you to heal yourself? Super useful. I started using that actually as soon as it became available, and then Wrath, which I also found was really fun and useful, which was just a one-hit, like really powerful attack. Yeah, I never used Wrath. I just used Valor. Valor's good. Valor's probably my go-to. I just being able to heal myself, which is funny because my my uh, my favorite runic attack for uh, Atreus is the Ratataskar ability, the Better Squirrel ability, still in the last game and in this yeah. one, because it's just so useful to be able to heal yourself when you need to. Oh yeah. And, uh, they also added the uh, uh, what do they call them? Not relics. The other thing. Uh, artifacts. Amul- amulets. Amulets. Yeah. yeah, and there are some that, that like correspond to certain uh like like to certain of the wrath types, so you won't have some of those equipped or they'll like make the the death from above attack, attacks easier or make you recover from certain status effects or what's really cool is that when you get 3 of a certain type, they grant a particular bonus and they're all divided by the different like realms. Yeah. And upgrading that the uh, amulets was was actually like a big priority for me because it was getting giving yourself all of these boons in combat. Oh yeah, and make, making use of those uh, the relics. I feel like uh, the relics was done better in this game than the last game. I felt like uh, the last game had a mix of like passive and active relics. This one focused more on the active ones. And I appreciated that actually. Yeah. I liked a lot of the different effects. Uh, you know, like the the one uh, the the one that makes realm shifts. The one that poisons enemies is really useful because of the way that poison works in this game. Uh, the one that throws Bifrost, and then the one you get at the end of the game where you can literally lift Mimir's head and shoot yeah. Bifrost beams out of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like involving Mimir in combat. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I watched. I watched a video and it was like God of War from Mimir's perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the screen shaking. <laughs> Poor Mimir. <laughs> they addressed that too. You know, somebody like Atreus asks or somebody is like, "What? Hey, uh, why haven't you tried putting Mimir in the front? Wouldn't that be better?" And then they're like, "We tried that. He uh, he didn't enjoy seeing all of like the the, the gruesomeness or something. <laughs> all the viscera." <laughs> the viscera, yeah. Like Mimir is still like one of the best characters. I fucking love him. Oh yeah, and- dude. And he's a lot more open with the stuff he says in this game because him and Kratos have developed a bond, and so he's just kind of he's along for the ride at this point. He's with them. He's Did you play that in. side quest in Svartalfheim where Kratos actually gets a little mad with something very shitty that Mimir did in his youth with the the Turtle Island thing? I don't. I don't. Maybe. I'd have to Eric, go over it because I may have done it. It sounds familiar. So there's this like creature that's an island in Svartalfheim. 
and there's a whole side quest around it, and apparently Mimir is at least partially responsible for putting that creature in its enslaved state, and once they release it, the creature is so conditioned that it doesn't leave. Oh, yikes. No, I don't think I've done that. Okay, so wait, it's in wait, wait, I'll have to go back and check, and I'll, I'll I'll reach back out once I figure that out. But I don't know. Okay, maybe it, it was in it was it's side quest that opens up in the early game, like the first time you visit Swartalfheim. But you can do it at any point. And yeah, no, Kratos actually is angry with Mimir. He he actually has some animosity. He's he's. Uh, he feels affronted that, like, you know, this person, this brother that he trusts did something so cruel in the past. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they kind of have a character moment there. But, you know, Mimir actually opens up a little bit more about some of the, you know, less than good choices that he made in the past. Yeah, because, I mean, he was working directly for the Allfather, and Odin is not great at all. Odin is a POS. Oh, he's a piece of shit for sure. Uh, the way he just treats Thor, and he, you pick up on that right away. Yep. He's like, he literally told him, he literally told Kratos, he's like, what you did to his boys, self-defense. And I mean, let's be honest, they were kind of, uh, he said dying is what we Aesir live for, and let's be honest, they were kind of useless. Like, yeah. that's, how, how, how horrible do you have to be to tell your son that his boys were useless, and they're dead? Like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, and he, like he he's just constantly hurling insults at him. You know, I liked you better when you were a drunk, or you know, and just all these things. And Atreus brings it up at one point, and Odin's just like, "Well, that's just how he is. He just responds to that." But it's like, no, you're an asshole to your own son. Yep. Fuck you. Yeah. I uh, never trusted Odin because I knew enough from the first game. <laughs> yep. And I don't think you're supposed to. I mean, Atreus definitely pitched it in such a way that it was like. Okay, you know, like I know that Odin's got something up his sleeve. Like I'm just making him think. But the thing is, is that Odin knew the whole time. Odin was always pulling the strings. That's why he's a bastard. Yeah, he he was Tyr. He knew that they were gonna go try to rescue him. He knew that Tyr was dead, but he could create an opportunity to put the situation in his favor. Yeah, and they even talk about it in the game. They're like, you know, we know something that Odin doesn't know. Groa hid something in her prophecy, and it's that the the nine realms themselves aren't all going to die, just Asgard. Well, guess what? Odin does know that. You lost the element of surprise. Yep. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, man, it was so heartbreaking to see him just kind of reveal that he knew the entire time. It sucks that was that was that pissed me off like i was just ready i was like i want to kill this bastard and that's the moment where kratos finally picks up you know his his weapons and he's like no we are going to kill odin we have to there's no other choice we are starting ragnarok and you start to actually gather all of the 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 denizens from all the realms you go and you meet surtur and you oh, and you dude. create Ragnarok. Oh, the first time you go up to Surtur and he's like, "Go away!" and he just taps you and you go flying across. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to fight two ancients. Oh, so good, so good. Surtur's character was very well done as well. Yeah, I really liked him. He was cool. It was like you know, at this point he'd been doing this for so long that it was like, honestly, like I don't give a shit. I just, I love my wife. And but then when he found out that there was a way to fulfill his purpose without having to involve her, then he was down. That was his duty. Yep. He was just like, let's do this. Just don't ever 
don't ever go talk to her. Leave her out of it. Yeah, if you visit, I don't know if you've done this, but if you visit Niflheim afterwards, you can hear her wailing. No, I did not know that. Yeah, you can. Also, you can meet the real tear. I haven't yet, but I've actually seen it online. Uh, the real tear, actually, you can go meet. Well, don't him. don't don't tell me where. I want to run into it randomly. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, because you know me, I want as little spoiled as possible. And if you can meet the real tear, that would be dope. Because I'm sure he's a, I'm sure he's probably a monster. Like he's ready to just. Oh. Well, judging by his his character in the last game, we know that he was he was actually a god of war that sought to avoid war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just he was struggling to keep peace. But this version of Tyr that was Odin in disguise was even more cowardly. He was unwilling to do anything. He had no conviction. Yeah. You know, the real Tyr was ready to fight when the moment called for it. Yep. He was and, like, and what, if, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. But this version of Tyr was a coward. And probably because Odin couldn't convincingly be a god of war. So he had to just make him be a coward and, like... You know, it's one of those things that's like it makes you wonder if like maybe we should have been set off from the beginning whenever he just like cowered it away from Kratos and Atreus, but then we were led to believe that it was just the condition of his imprisonment. Yep. Odin's a crafty bastard. <laughs> and I, it was it was interesting to find out that Freya actually genuinely loved Odin at the time of their wedding. But because I mean, they had a beautiful wedding ceremony. When you go, did you do that side quest with Freya where you go to find I, all of the? I did right away, actually. Yeah. And Same. I like how she actually gets the garments that she wore and the sword back, and you can choose to equip those as a way of her me- making that her own power and using that against him in defiance. Yeah. So I actually did until uh, until the I think the Fate Breaker armor came up, and then I was like, yeah, I want to use that. That's cool. But the, the fight with Odin was the fight with Odin a little underwhelming with you, or did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I was just in the heat of the moment. It wasn't difficult. I definitely faced more difficult battles. But my hot take is that final battles don't always have to be the most difficult. They should be the one where you feel the highest stakes and you feel the epicness. And I feel like the Odin fight delivered on that. Yeah, it, it did. It, it comes right after the Thor fight, and I think I only died once during the Odin fight, and then I, I had to rest or I think I died once during the Thor fight, that's right. But so I didn't die during the Odin one, but it still was difficult. And I, I remember just utilizing all my weapons and this feeling of epicness where I was hanging by the skin of my teeth, but still making it through the battle progressively. Yep. Honestly, that- I think the exact same happened with me. I think I died once facing Thor, and I didn't die at all fighting Odin. It was just, it was. Just I was a too to heated. I was like, yeah, it was a battle to the death. It's like the stakes of the world, and so you're just like dodging attacks, and you're surprised at how well you're doing, and then you get that that prompt to go ahead and and uh, and finish him when he's stunned, and you're like, yes, and then you get that quick time event sequence at the end where Kratos, Atreus, and Freya work together to bring him down, and it is just so fucking epic. It was it was really good. It was oh god, I'm actually sad that I'm done with the story. I know, you can never experience that for the first time again, right? Yep, and my boy Colin, my roommate, is playing through the game now. Um, And I can't wait for him to get to that part, because he replayed God of War 2018 specifically to play this. So I started to. I played through most of 2018, up until the point where they get to Tyr's Temple. Yeah. Uh, And after, after Atreus heals, and after he finds out that he's actually a god. So I was in the middle of that section. But before he becomes a shithead? 
Uh, or was it after he becomes a shithead? He's starting to become kind of a shithead. But yeah, like right after that moment, he, he goes like total shithead. God, I hate that part of the game. Yeah, I know. I, ugh, that's the only part of God of War um, that I don't like is him just being so full of attitude. Like, we're gods. We can do whatever we want. And I'm like, uh, kid, no. Yeah, this is exactly what Kratos hated about the gods. Yeah. There are consequences to killing a god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but man. I love uh, Atreus' character in this game. I mean, he, he still has elements of that, like, hey, like I want to be independent. I want to do this. But he's it's, actually kind of right now. He's it's not actually... in a disrespectful tone. He wants to find right. out who he is. It's like, stop thinking like a dad for a second. Start thinking like a general. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like Kratos. Well, Atreus still doesn't know about the extent of Kratos' journey. Well, or maybe he did. Maybe he's told him the stories by now. But uh, I, I, don't... I doubt it. I doubt that Kratos has told Atreus, hey, by the way, I killed my first wife and daughter. Yeah. <laughs> just, just that's why my skin is so ashy white. I, I got the feeling that Freya is the only person he's opened up about that, you know, for a long time. I mean, he probably talked to about about it with Faye, who you actually get to see in this game. Yeah, that was, oh, God, Faye. Yeah, the flashback, like, dream sequences, those yeah, are you, pretty cool. You can tell why Kratos loved her. Yeah, apparently they fought, and, and, and that's what, the, and she also fought Thor and, and caused the exact same thing to happen, the frozen lightning bolt. This seems familiar. Yes, yes. that that pays off later. I love that like foreshadowing. Oh man! But yeah, but now now I think that Kratos and Freya might have a little something going on. You know, they they giving each other the fuck me eyes. You know how it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> you sought him last, even in death. The fuck you say, <laughs> <laughs> Thor, bro? Oh god. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, Kratos and Freya, and then uh, Atreus and Angerboda. By the way, the uh, Atreus segment sections. What did you? How did you feel about the Atreus gameplay? I really liked. Uh, I really liked fighting Angerboda's grandmother. That was that was a really cool sequence where you had to aim for the the. It's one the of the giant, standout boss fights. Yeah, the pots. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but nowhere near as much as I enjoyed playing as Kratos. Yeah. It's just playing as Kratos is oh god, so good. I thought it was a nice refreshing change of pace every once in a while though, where you'd go and Atreus's combat was more so focused on ranged combat. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, you know, it was about, you know, being able to to use his uh his his archery abilities and I thought that it was actually kind of fun. I'd love to see like a spin-off or another game, you know, in the franchise focusing on Atreus and bring back the sex mini game with Stop. Atreus as an adult. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. His no. heart belongs to Angerboda, right? Oh, dude, he that that boy loves Angerboda. But um, I to be honest, uh, my favorite partner in the game is Freya. Like Freya playing alongside you, that this just it's so good, and I'm so glad that you get to do the post game with her by your side. And I'm also really thankful that it didn't end up with those two in love with each other. I'm glad that they didn't take it that far, but I'm willing to bet that they will. Uh, their bond will grow to a, a romantic point in the next game. Because, I mean, after all, Kratos saved her life and then refused to put her put her in harm's way even though she was actively hunting him for the murder or for the death of her son. And yeah. I think that with what everything that they've been through, I think 
and you know just with atreus and i just i think it would be a step in the right direction i'm just glad they didn't force it in this game. yeah no it wasn't the story that needed to be told i mean it was kind of s- still kratos letting Faco, for instance yeah he's not over her yet right and also grappling with questions like if she knew i was gonna die why did she send me on this journey like he even mentions at one point that he doesn't mind dying but it's the fact that, like, she knew that he was going to die and still sent him on the journey that bothers him. Of course, we learn at the end that there actually she knew more than she let on, you know, more than than that even. And that, you know, she actually wanted them to kind of make their own destiny for themselves and yep. had complete faith in them. Oh, yeah. But it, it's, a, it's a question that he has to wrestle with throughout the game is, is you know, it's like if she had the gift of foresight and she could see – why did she send me on this journey? You know, does she love me after all? And oh. starts, you know. Speaking of the gift of foresight, can we talk about how much of an asshole Heimdall is? <laughs> oh yes, dude, Heimdall oh. was such a good character, man. I was so glad to fucking kill his ass, though. Oh, that dude, boss fight was. Same. <laughs> it was good. It was really good, especially when he started using magic to form his own arm. You knew he was mad, and the first hit you land on him is so satisfying. He's like. You hit me. You actually hit me. Yeah. Oh, God, it was so good. And that's why they built the drop near spear, because Heimdall is a character, not Idris Elba this time, but he's a character who can see all of your actions before they happen. He can predict what you're going to do. So you, how do you counter that? Well, you make an infinitely reproducing weapon <laughs> that he just can't. It's just too much input. He can't deal with. Yep. Oh yeah. So the drop near spear is actually key during that fight. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I I just brought up the whole like prediction thing. They even revealed that the Norns, the fates of these lands, don't actually see the future. It's just that the characters are so predictable that they know what they're going to do and they know their personalities. So Kratos and Atreus and Freya and the rest breaking fate had more to do with them learning to be better. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't end up on those pathways. Because, yes, if they had continued along the character progress that they, you know, or, or continued along the trajectory that they were with their static characteristics, that is what the future that would have unfolded. But they went beyond that. They subverted destiny by changing who they are. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be real. That was my least favorite part of the entire game, finding the Norns. I hated that. Really? I thought it, I thought it was pointless. It was completely pointless. Oh yeah, no, no, wait, wait, no, nowhere. I mean, a, a lot of the game kind of you know kind of unfolds that way. With the first game, there was kind of this more grounded, like this is the goal, this is what you're doing. You got to you spread your asses, her ash asses, spread, <laughs> spread her, her <laughs> spread her asses, <laughs> spread her. I'm sure I'm sure Kratos did spread her ass. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> Uh, no, spread her ashes on the highest peak in the Nine Realms. In this game, it's kind of like the story goes in several different directions, and sometimes you'll go along a trajectory and do something just to find out that ultimately it didn't really progress their, you know, their their uh, their goals very much. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but it was still it was still fun to play through the story and. Uh, when you're in Svartalheim for the first time and you're at the top of the mountain and you run into that troll, I was like, oh no, here come the repetitive troll boss fights. And then Kratos just beheads it. Uh-huh. And then you're just on your way. <laughs> it was so funny. 
He's it was like, like no. the developers knew. It's like they listened to the to the complaints. And to be fair, yeah, I mean, the, the enemies had a lot more variety this time, yep. which was nice. It was fantastic. Uh, I have a clip of me killing a troll in uh, like 30 seconds. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'll have to send it to you later. But I was just like, you know what? I've dealt with you guys already too much. I know how to beat you. Let's just get it over with. Get it over with. <laughs> it was a troll in Midgard close to Tyr's Temple. Yeah. So. By the way, speaking of the realms, I like how uh, the exploration is kind of subdivided now. There isn't like a main realm now. Like in the last game, it was mainly Midgard, and the other realms were kind of just like, okay, for this part of the story, you're going to go here. This game actually has you revisit realms several times, and there's just as much to do in each realm as any other. I love that. The only realm I didn't enjoy so much was Alfheim. But not not Alfheim, sorry. Alfheim was actually a lot of fun, especially freeing the, uh, what were those creatures called? The giant jellyfish-looking things. The giant, I, I forget. I just called Fuff, them. I w- Fufkins, Fufkas? Fufkus? Fl- fl- whatever. The giant Florf-gorfs. jellyfish things. <laughs> the floofgoof. Yeah. Oh, Al Hufka. Hufkas. Hufkas. That's what they're there called. There you go. Hufkas. So, but, uh. Oh, that no, was beautiful. It was, it was Niflheim. I don't like Niflheim as much. Yeah, Niflheim was just a really fun area in the first ge- in the in the last game, and then this game is just kind of a, well, it, you know, it's it's very icy, which I guess is accurate, but yeah. it also just makes it very similar to Helheim, and then there's just not a lot to do in that realm, even in the post game. Yeah, you yeah, it's just it's kind of lame. I wish they in the post game gave you access to like the mists again, because that was fun in the uh, in the previous game, and you it, could like build up again. I it would be cool to visit something like that, like in like DLC, maybe. Yeah, I, I could see them doing that, or maybe having a DLC showing us what Atreus is doing at the end of his journey now, because That'd we be don't cool. we don't see him at all in the post game. And by the way, if you didn't like spend your time leveling him up, I, I guess you're shit out of luck. I, I luck, uh, luckily I did get all of his skills and had extra experience to boot at the end of it. So <laughs> yeah, and nothing to spend it on, but. Yeah, no, Atreus is just completely gone after the uh, ending cutscene of the main story. So a, a DLC, maybe kind of seeing what he's up to would be fun. Yeah. That maybe has... a, it, it would be a fantastic time. And honestly, dude, I just, I've had such a blast with, uh, with Ragnarok, and I'm kind of sad that it's over, but there's still much to do. And a new game plus that's on its way. Spring 2023, I was happy to get that announcement this week. Some people were kind of uh, were were kind of disappointed that it didn't ship with the game. Like I saw some people complaining about it, and I was like, "Well, the thing is, is that God of War 2018's new game plus actually added a bunch of new equipment and shit to do with." Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. I actually, I and and I think that the, them not including it at launch is why you know this game came out as a beautiful product and didn't have to suffer from like crunch, for instance. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, it gives you more time to really just appreciate that first playthrough, and it kind of gives you a chance to take a break from it, you know, go play other games, and then when that new game plus hits, you can come back, load up your manual save from your first game, and do it all over again, but this time, the enemies are going to be harder, they're going to be smarter, you're going to get better equipment, and you're going to get to have more fiercer battles, like fighting Garm twice in Helheim only to imbue him with the soul of Fenrir and make him just this giant sweet puppy dog and I know. was so happy. Oh god. Oh god, there's dude, we could probably continue talking about this game for the next hour to hour and a half. 
We honestly could. It is Christmas Eve, and um, I do want to go and spend a little bit of time with my family before I lay down and get up for Santa. Santa Daddy. Santa Daddy. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, guys, Ragnarok is, it's a fantastic game. It it does the 2018 game justice in continuing that level of greatness that Santa Monica has already established that they could achieve. Um, I'm really, really excited for God of War. Uh, I guess it'll be six, uh, right? God of War six. And uh, until then, Ash and I will continue to explore awesome video games, and we'll probably see you guys next week with a bonus round. Because um, I'm I'm gonna start trying to be on the podcast every week or so if we could do something like that. Because I've been gone for long enough, and I've missed Collateral Gaming, and it's time to it's time to come back. So hell yes, brother. But, yeah, well. Man. As for my final thoughts, I think that Ragnarok is 100%, 110%. It was more than what I needed. It did everything that made the 2018 game so great and expanded on it. I think maybe the story of the, fir- of the, of the last game was a little tighter, but this story was still such a fitting conclusion to that, and the gameplay improves on its predecessor in almost every way. Yep. 100%, my game of the year... I was not disappointed. I think Santa Monica Studio blew it out of the water, just completely delivered. And no, this game isn't a revolution. This game doesn't change very much, and that's because the last game was such a big shift, uh, a tonal shift, a gameplay shift, that this one didn't need to be. I expected God of War 2018, but better, and that's what I got. Absolutely. And it's definitely going to keep us on our heels, ready for the next one. And we've got a lot of really good games coming in 2023. I'm yep. really excited now that I have a PS5 for Spider-Man 2. Yes! Uh, God, and I know we're probably not getting Wolverine until 2024 or 2025. But probably. I'll be playing Spider-Man 2 for a very long time. Um, I just finished up on Miles Morales as well. Uh, playing it again on PS5. And 60 frames per second and 4K Ooh! is... Very, very, very nice. Um, I'm enjoying playing it on my monitor. I played a, a lot of Ragnarok in 120 FPS, and that was a really, really good time. You lucky bastard. I need, <laughs> I need to get my PS5. Hey, man, start selling furniture with me, because that's, <laughs> that's what's blessed me with the ability to pay for the wedding in PlayStation 5. I got a new car, though, and I got an Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I miss my Apple Watch. Yeah, There's some cool stuff you can do, like you can like unlock your Mac with your Apple Watch and stuff. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, so you don't have to type in your password. But yeah, yeah God of War Ragnarok, uh, awesome. <laughs> it was it was just the perfect Christmas present, I think, that we needed. It's why yeah. we're talking about it for the holiday special. And uh, if you're listening to this spoilery episode and you haven't played God of War Ragnarok or its predecessor 2018, go do that now. And that's your fault if you've listened this far knowing since we said it at the beginning that there would be spoilers and it's probably in the title spoilers this is your fault go play the game (laughs) yeah exactly uh you mentioned next week so next week actually uh we are doing zelda a link between worlds part two oh yeah that's right i'm gonna be on that anyways (laughs) yeah so we'll do that but we'll we'll come back with the bonus round in january uh january we're also going to be doing it takes two that was megan's suggestion i've never played the game before but I look forward to trying something new. Ash, can we play that game together? Yeah. Because I have it on PS5. Maybe I don't have f- anybody else to play with. So. Dude, we should start a file from the beginning. That would be this like super gay. Let's do 
<laughs> what do you have it on? I have it on PS5. Okay, so I'll need to get it on PlayStation probably. Yes, and we can. We wouldn't have to game share. We could just play across, right? I think so. You should be able to play PS4 and PS5. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's so. But is that a game that you can play online with a friend? If you guys are listening, let us know because I have no idea. We'll we'll, we'll find out because yeah, I don't have anybody to play with besides uh, you and Megan. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and it it it. I don't know. Does the game actually require multiplayer? I mean, it's called It Takes Two, right? I mean, I I don't think it requires it, but I think it would be more fun to play with a friend. I don't want to play a two player party game by or two player story game by myself. You know, yeah. either that or Danielle and I can play it. But <laughs> which I mean, that would be fun. But I don't know when she would have time to do that. God damn it! So we've got at Megan and Alan. We've got you and Danielle, and here I am, the fifth wheel. Hey man, <laughs> hey man, your time will come. Okay, your yeah. time will come. It will, and it's happened. I mean, uh, anyway. So, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice. You can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, you name it. If we're not somewhere, let us know so we can be there. Oh, yeah. Also, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcasts. That's our de facto shitposting slash news group, and we have a lot of fun with that. Sometimes too much fun. Sometimes Zach actually tells me, like, hey, man, you, that, 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 that's a little bit too far. Maybe there's, we shouldn't post that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's shit posting, and then there's, oh, my Jesus Christ posting. <laughs> my too- autism sometimes doesn't let me d- differentiate between the two. And I'm, I'm just sorry. like, no, it's cool. That's I'm, why you got to have the homies to let you know. That's why I got to have the being homies. being a dick about it. Yeah, no, you're always polite about it. But, yeah, no, check out our, our shitposting group. Uh, I believe we also have a Collateral Media Discord that we haven't really done anything with that I would like to maybe do something with. We will. And and we also have a Patreon. And apparently Bo is uh, maybe getting a capture card for Christmas or something. He was talking about it with his mom or something. So may, with that, we might actually be able to get the Patreon back in order because I haven't been able to record anything because my capture card is broken. So, yeah, and if you would like to check out the exclusive Let's Play video game commentaries that we have out already, you can go become a patron now. Starts at $1 and $5. You pay any amount of money and you get access to everything we've produced and everything we will produce. Absolutely. And it's going to be a good time because once the next year starts rolling out, we're going to start producing a lot more content. I can't wait to really get get into it and start doing some Let's Plays on some pretty serious games now that we've got the hardware. So, um, but, We're overdue for God of War and Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll probably just go in with Ragnarok and start there, but we can definitely do a, a Let's Play of Spider-Man 2 when that comes out. That'll be a good time. <laughs> I'm so my, my body my body is ready that man said <laughs> yeah that was me audibly coming <laughs> well alright guys I think I am going to go ahead and hop off for the night alright well Zach this was a very fun episode always oh, yeah. a, a blast uh, shooting the shit with the homies oh yes brother so, Ragnarok's uh, all right well that being said i've been ashley chancellor i have been and always will be your friend no i'm zachary (laughs) geo and boy boy (laughs) see y'all later uh fuck greg abbott fuck elon musk 
<laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I've no more kept my warm in blood upon the snow. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.